0: Hey, what's going on, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Your Intention Matters, the podcast. Thank you very much for being here. My name, of course, is still Paul Madat. Today, I have Jordan Smith. He is co-founder and president of a company called Jed Dental coming to us from Lehigh, Utah. Jordan, happy new year, man. How are things?
1: Great. Thank you. I'm glad to be in the new year for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Let's chat about that. So do me a favor. Say hi to everybody, provide a quick intro, and then uh, we'll, we'll get into your episode here.
1: Yeah. Hi, everyone. I'm Jordan Smith. Uh, as Paul mentioned, I live in Lehigh, Utah. That's the kind of the headquarters of the Silicon Slopes. They're calling it the tech growth out here in Utah. Um, I'm co-founder and president of a company called Jet Dental, and we do free on-site dental care for other corporations. So we go in and set up a pop-up clinic and see employees while they're at work. Um, I'm a father, I have two kids, six-year-old and a one-year-old, one-year-old's crazy. Um, and so he's locked upstairs with, with, uh, my wife right now. So, um, yeah, that's a little bit about me.
0: All right, good man. Well, nice to meet you. You know, I have two kids as well. They're seven and five, so I can appreciate the dynamic that they bring into your life. And so hopefully you're experiencing with your six year old. Is it a boy or a girl? Your six year old? Six year old's a girl. Okay. So mine is a girl as well, the seven year old. And so I'm finding that it's an interesting time because Victoria. Uh, is she's still a kid she's still dependent upon us. she's still a baby and she's still learning but but she's she's she wants her alone time now she's she, she wants her independence she wants to be away from her brother and just let me just facetime my friends and she's kind of growing up pretty quickly here and so you might be experiencing that with your daughter as well it's like yeah dad i love you but i need some alone time
1: yeah starting to get independent for sure yeah absolutely <laughs> yeah
0: All right, good. Well, listen, Jordan, thanks for being here. Let's get into it. So, you know, as we were talking, the title of the podcast is called Your Intention Matters. And that's really built from the foundation from my chair that nothing is really given to any of us. And it all starts with what's up top with mindset and intention. We all have big decisions to make meandering paths that kind of factor into how we got to current state. And so with that said, um, let's get ready to jump into your episode. You ready to roll? Yeah, sounds great. All right, here we go. So we're going back in time. That's what we do on this podcast. We're going back 2013, Brigham Young. Uh, business management, entrepreneurship, crushed it, man. 3.97 GPA, uh, full tuition scholarship, like just you know A-plus across the board there, man. Um, what did you think you'd be doing you know, once you finished, did you have a vision? Were you uh, like a fish out of water? Were you like, no, I'm dead set on what I'm doing. Take me back almost, almost 10 years ago now to when you were getting ready to get out into the workforce full time. Yes.
1: Yeah. So when I was, um, I actually, I actually worked full time, um, through college. So I started as a, as a sales rep, um, on a team and then, um, the company was growing really quickly. I was like one of the first 12 reps and, we started growing really fast, um, and so I actually got promoted to be a manager. So I was working working full time as a sales manager while going to school full time, and uh, that that uh, full you know tuition uh, scholarship I had to ha- I had to keep a three point five GPA to keep it. So I had a lot of motivation to do that. <laughs> so um, I I was married too. My wife worked full time and also went to school full time. So we were really busy. We pretty much didn't see each other uh except for the summers. Like we, we'd always take the summers off of school so that we could we could um travel and do things together. But um so coming out of school, I, you know, I studied entrepreneurship um, because I, I'd always dreamed of owning my own company or starting my own company someday. Um, but I don't know that I had anything that you know I thought of I wanted to start. Um, uh, and and so you know I, I've always liked sales. Um, I, one of the things I love about sales is you can and make a a good income, right? You can make a a good, good wage. And um, so being a sales manager, when I was coming out of school, um, the plan was to stay with the company I was at or see if there's a better sales opportunity. I also think sales is just a a critical role and, and a key skill to develop for really any role, but especially entrepreneurship, right? Like, yeah, life even I I totally agree, but I, I think especially entrepreneurship, you have to be able to sell your vision to your employees to other people, get every, everybody on board. So I was pretty committed to, I, I was going to do sales actually. Um, so I interviewed a bunch of places and kind of came down to staying where I was at as a manager and trying to grow within the organization or um, trying to go elsewhere. And uh, I chose to go, go with a company called Perkoa went out became a sales rep for them. Uh, later got promoted to manage their call center. And then, came back to the company I had been working at in college and became their, um, VP of sales. Um, and then when the company fell on hard times, uh, I, I, they, they actually ended up having to go, uh, declare bankruptcy. Um, it was like, I'm either gonna have to rebuild all this that I've done. And, and we were able to grow our sales force up to 400 reps and 200 million in sales. And so it was a, it was a fun ride, but I didn't want to do that all over again. it felt like the right time to look for a, an opportunity and um, anyway, that's that's when I branched out and started uh, Jet Dental.
0: Well, I want to chat with you about a couple of things here. So your, your entrepreneurial bug, you know, me being an entrepreneur, uh, you know, th- there were two reasons w- why it worked for me. Uh, one was um, while I worked at Xerox for about a decade and I enjoyed my years there, I realized I wasn't a very good employee. Sometimes things would come down from the corporation and I'd be like, Oh, why are we doing this? And, and then of course I'd have to support it. And I would think, let me just, uh, let me just do my own thing. But I also had it from my dad because my dad, you know, was an entrepreneur, had his own business. So I, I was exposed to that in terms of, you know, that, so where do you think the entrepreneurial bug came from? Is it in your DNA? Did your parents, where they had, where'd it come from?
1: Yeah. So I, I think, uh, similar to you. So my dad's a serial entrepreneur. Um, we co-founded Jet Dental together. So he's, he's a co-founder with me and, um, he, he's put up all, most of the capital for, our, for our company. we raised a little bit, but, um, so, so yeah, that's the way it I, should
0: be right. Dad, you put up the money, but, but I'll do 50 50 with you. right? Exactly. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. So we, um, you know, we, we, uh, it, it's been fun to work with him and, um, the, that company I was working for in college, that was his company when someone, you know, I, I started there and uh, that was part of why I left. I wanted to branch out and prove that I could do it somewhere else, you know, and, and and grow somewhere else and and do well. Um, so I think part of it's that bug. Um, part of it for me is, um, just the feeling of controlling your own destiny. You know, um, people say that starting your own company is risky and it is, but, it's just as risky to work for a company and get laid off. I mean, yeah, totally. look at 2020, right? Like how many people got laid off just cause some crazy virus. Now, granted I own a company that depends on people being in the workplace. So 2020 was hard for, for us too. But, um, I like knowing that there were decisions I could make and, um, that, that could a- affect the outcome. Right. Um, sometimes when you're an employee, things just happen. It just stinks. You know, there's not much you can do about it.
0: You know what, man, what you just said certainly rings true to me is that, you know, there are some people who, who have a belief that says, you know, there's a little more more security by working for a company because you have a base salary every month, in some circles. And so that kind of helps keep the lights on every month in case you have an off month or something. So I get that part of it. But to your point there really is no net is there i mean i mean just look at 2020 and all, all the decisions that were made last year where companies you know made decisions to either let people go furlough people and all of a sudden these individuals that were working for companies that felt you know that they're working for massive organizations and yet there really is no net something can happen pretty quickly and so that's what i'm saying we're all on the same boat here right and so so now as we move on in your in your career you you touched on something that i think you know, most people are, would be curious about it. And that was the decision to have to declare bankruptcy. And I'm sure that yeah. was not one that you, you took lightly. I'm sure it was, I'm sure you probably did. And you keep me honest here. It probably was the absolute last resort of, yeah. Okay. So, so get, what were get ready you ready for this? This is a crazy yeah.
1: story. So, um, one day we're all in the office and the FBI raids our office like Dude. bulletproof vests. Machine guns. It was I crazy. Mean, listen, you, I'm not talking about Bernie to Madoff here, right in the intro, Madoff, no, 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 is it? I mean, it wasn't Bernie Madoff. Some Ponzi scheme, is no, it? No. Okay, all not right. at all. So, um, basically, they came in. Um, long, long story shorter. Um, based off of trumped-up charges and half-truths from competitors. Essentially, um, we were in the pharmaceutical Man. industry, and basically, there's huge, huge, you know, Fortune 100 players in that group that we were disrupting, and and they. Uh, didn't like that we were taking some market share. So um, the company was never charged with anything, but essentially what happened is the government damned like $3 million right away. Um, We lost a whole bunch of contracts and we had, you know, 1200 employees. So um, and, and our main bank, they pulled, pulled their, the, their funding. So um, essentially declaring bankruptcy was what we had to do in order to pay employees. Like it was literally the last, it was the only way we were going to be able to, to survive and pay some folks. So and this was your company. No, this was not my company. No. This, so I, I've started my own company, Jet Dell. I was the VP of sales though. I was over the inside sales team. Gotcha. So, okay. um, you know, the board decided to, to do that. Um, so, so I, I was not a founder, um, or a major shareholder at that company, but, um, Yeah. So it it was, it was super uh, tough. And this was, you know, what was this 2016 and um, anyway uh, they were able to come out of bankruptcy. The feds never charged them with anything. One of the blessings of bankruptcy is like, I think they had like six months or something to bring forward charges in order to continue the investigation. We were a complete open book with them. They never found anything. Right. Mm So of course, the huge downside was tons of people lost their job. We lost all this credibility. Absolutely. And so I was at a, at a real crossroads. Um, the board was just forcing you know, tons of the executives out. Um, I probably would have got forced out of my guests, to be honest with you, in hindsight, seeing how that everybody else got treated. Um, but to be honest, I didn't want to be there anymore. I, I was one of the first 12 reps of that company, became a manager, came back and took over my old boss's job and he was moving into a BD role and asked that i be the VP of sales. Um, and so i watched it grow from, you know, one of the first reps to being with 400 reps, we were doing 200 million in, in sales annually and it was awesome. It was an amazing learning experience. Um, but I didn't want to start it over you know, I didn't want to redo that all again. Um, frankly, particularly when the incentives didn't make a lot of sense to, to yeah. do so. So I'd all, as I mentioned, I always want to start my own company. And so I, I was kind of at this point where it's was like, well, now's maybe a good time to do that. And um, so uh, my dad and I actually started looking for companies to buy. That's where we started and just said, you know, can we find something that's kind of a diamond in the rough and, and scale it? And um, we didn't really find anything we, we liked. Um, I remember going down to Phoenix and going to some super shady call center Cause I have a lot of inside sales experience and like the guy the boiler like, room. Yeah. The guy had written like <laughs> tuck in your chair when you're done, like on like desks and stuff I was like, Whoa, <laughs> yeah. I don't like this. But, uh, anyway, we, we have heard about, um, mobile dental companies, but for nursing homes and, you know, knew that technology existed and we thought, well, why can't you do that with private insurance and go to companies? Um, my wife worked at a dental office and, um, when we were in college, and I remember it was even hard for me to go, even with her being employed at the dental office, because I didn't want to have to leave work for two hours or whatever, or drive over there, get my work done and come back. So um, that's where it started. And uh, it, it's been really fun. We have over 600 clients across the country and, and it's been uh, a great, great experience.
0: You know, I want to go back to before you started Jet Dental. And so, you know, me being a dad and father, as you are. I consider myself the, 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 even though my wife works and has a great career as a nurse, I look at myself as I'm the provider. That's kind of yeah. my, the way I, the way I, it's in my head is that everything she does to me is gravy, but, I, but I, if it's on me to make sure that we have the lifestyle that we, that we want. And so I, if I have my math right, when this is coming down, you're married, you're a dad, at least, at least, well, one time over yep. your dad, first right? child. So yep. you, so, you, yep. so you have one child, you have your daughter, you're married. I mean, that must've weighed on you. Hey, wait a second. Like this, this is, I'm responsible for other people here. It's not like you're a young kid fresh out of college on your own and you can bounce around. Like, so talk to me about what it was like mentally for you to have to kind of experience. Okay. So now this isn't working up for me anymore. Circumstances outside of my control, but now I have to deal with this. What was it like mentally to kind of turn the corner to say, okay, how, how do we make lemonade out of
1: this? Um, Yeah, it was, it was tough. Um, You know, I, I think it it was, it was really difficult, frankly. Um, And, you know, we, we weren't able to turn the corner with that company um, and I made the decision to leave. Um, But uh, for for me personally, what I came out of it was, um, you know, maybe this was a blessing in disguise. Maybe this was something that forced me to take the leap, um, that maybe I never would have left, you know, taken that leap if things had just kept going well, like they were, yeah. um, I was comfortable. I didn't need to challenge myself. We had a very sustainable growing sales organization and things kind of ran themselves. So even personally, to be honest with you, I wasn't being stretched that much anymore. Like I had awesome directors and awesome managers and we'd set yeah, up this things, process. You, you're on cruise were just, control. Things yeah, are good for sure. So um, in hindsight, looking back um, if nothing else, I've learned a ton from that experience and I've learned a ton from being a founder and doing a startup. And, um, I'm not very good at enjoying the moment. I'm always looking at the next thing and I'm, I'm, I'm really, really trying harder to enjoy each phase and, and try to look for the positives of, of each phase. And, um, you know, I, I do think, uh, it's getting better and better, uh, as our company grows and as you have more resources and teammates to help you out. But, um, yeah, I think for me that that's kind of the the big thing that I felt like I took out of it was just, um, you know, it, it got me to go yeah. somewhere I always wanted to go.
0: And so jet dental, uh, th- this is, you built it from the ground up or was there a foundation before?
1: No, yeah, we started from the ground up. So okay. um, my dad and I, we partnered with the dentist my wife had used to work for and uh, a good friend of ours. And, um, and we said, hey, we have this idea. Are we crazy? And he said, no, I, I think that's a great idea. Um, let's, let's give it a shot. So um, before we really got too far into it, and I think this is a good principle for any founder, by the way, we just started selling. We just started selling that idea to HR managers in Utah at, at larger companies and, uh, thankfully many of them said, yeah, that's a really cool idea. We would love to bring you in. We got equipment. We did our first few trial runs at some really small companies just to like make sure all the equipment worked. And, uh, we said, okay, let's go. We got some large clients and, um, just really have grown it from there. Um, you know, grew it to, we're in 40 States now. Um, and a lot of, a lot of large, uh, you know, nationwide c- customers like, Dish And Pet, Petsmart and, and large retail brands.
0: You know, as an outsider to what you do, I would think. And I, when I was looking at your LinkedIn profile before we we got on the call here, I thought this guy—the uh, value proposition must be very appealing to to many because, you know, listen, you have to get you have to take care of your teeth. I mean, that we all know that uh, it mm-hmm. leads to good health overall. It's not so isolated. And yet sometimes there's a struggle of, well, how do I find the time? People are, are, they have to work, they're on on certain shifts, and it's almost like an effort uh, to find this time. So you coming to them, I can see where the the value proposition probably was very strong. I'm not suggesting it was easy to launch, of course, but I'm sure that the value proposition was there. But I want to. I want to hear about 2020 because you come to people in the office, yeah. and all of a sudden, there's no people in the office. <laughs> yeah, it's like, uh, so how do you survive that?
1: For sure, super hard. It was a really, really tough year. So, um, and uh, especially it was a gut punch because our summer that was lined up was going to be, you know, just record breaking for us. So, best month ever in January. Best month ever in February. You know, pending we're uh, pacing for the best month ever in March, and then um, halfway through, yeah, yeah, really for um, Rudy Gobert, who's a Utah Jazz player, he got yeah. coronavirus. NBA shut down, shut down, everything shut down. Yeah, that's like from a Utah guy. That's what our, our perspective looked like, anyway. But um, me anyways, too, man. Yeah, so,
0: dude. As soon as the NBA shut down, that's when it became that was like the
1: trigger. Yeah, it was domino effect. So, yeah. um, yeah, the first two months we had no business whatsoever. Um, we were fortunate that at the end of 2019, we did our first round of funding. So we've been bootstrapped until then. And, um, we, we work with, you know, we have a, a great family fund and some angel investors that invested in us. And they actually put a clause in that, you know, Hey, if we like how things are going six months from now, can we double down on our investment? And, um, it may sound crazy, but they still love the concept. They still love, um, our, trajectory and so they doubled down and that was a huge help. We got all, we got help from the PPP loans. Um and then you know come July, August, we just started pivoting toward essential workers and blue collar folks who were working mm. anyway. Um you know, fortunately we're in the healthcare uh industry and so we already took safety uh seriously. We added yeah. some other precautions such as taking temperatures of our patients and our our employees. Uh, before work. uh, And of course the symptoms, um, you know, asking them about their symptoms and space things out a little more with our, with our portable setup. But most of you know, everything that the ADA and and the CDC recommends we were already doing. So um, transition to some more blue collar essential workers. Um, We also started selling to apartment complexes and just going and setting up in like the clubhouse for large, large uh, apartment complexes. And so, Um, those pivots really helped. I think that the blue collar, especially just saying, Hey, there's still people working in manufacturing offices all across the country. And, uh, there's no reason, um, why they shouldn't be, be taking care of their, their dental health. Uh, MIT released a study saying that going to the dentist is, is, is one of the businesses that you is worth the risk. Like, right. Like they, they take a lot of precautions. It's very safe. And your, your oral health is important for your overall health as well. So, Um, those two pivots have made a big difference. We're still not where we want to be, you know, it's not pre, you know, it's not 2019 numbers yet. Um, but we're getting there and February looks better than this month and March looks better than, than the month before. So it's building again, which is great.
0: Well, that's incredible that you had the foresight to pivot and go where the people were and, and adjust accordingly. And, you know, a bit of a numbers game here versus, well, nobody's in the office anymore. So now, what do we do? And okay, well, where are they? Because the whole world didn't shut down. I mean, people were still producing stuff. We had to eat and get gas, and yep. you know, the, all of these places were were open, even though it wasn't the same percentage as it was, you know, in February of 2020 versus March sure. of 2020. And uh, so, congrats on, on on creating that. You know, Jordan, I'm kind of put you on the spot here a little bit here, but I'll, I always like to ask anybody who's a guest on the podcast if there was somebody coming to you for a piece of advice or feedback, if there was one thing, like what's been your foundation that you would say you've kind of relied on as a, as a baseline for anything in your life thus far, if there's anything that comes to mind.
1: That's a good question. Um, you know, thinking of your podcast and like your intention matters um, for me personally, there's, there's a few, there's like three motivating factors for me at work that like this, it's what gets me out of bed every morning and gets me excited. So Um, one is I like to be somewhere where I can make a big impact. So I, in, in my, um, you know, work experience, I've been blessed to be at a place where I started maybe when it was small or midsize, or in this case I founded it. And so everything you do has a big impact. And I think that makes a big difference. I would have a really hard time working for a large fortune 500 company, my VP of operations, who's like my best friend and that I recruited he got an offer. I won't say the company, but for, to work for one of those companies, big salary and um, more than we're paying him <laughs> for sure. But um, you know, he got an offer to work for one of those companies. He said the same thing, right? Like it takes months, years to implement any good idea. There's a lot of red tape. And so for me, that's a big motivator It's like, I'm doing something every day where I have a big impact. And so, um, you know, I I, I love that too. I like to work with with great people, like work with people that inspire you, that motivate you, that challenge you. Um, I'm working with people that I like and people I respect. And I think that too is a magical combination, right? Like they they are challenging me, but I also really enjoy seeing them every day. Um, And then three, um, I always want to work for a company where it's really, really easy for me to sell a product. And not that sales is easy ever, but... The point is I can get behind what we're doing 100%. Um, And and I've always worked for a company where the value proposition and what we're selling, I don't ever have to feel like I'm forcing it on anybody or pushing it on anybody. Um, I'm doing something that has broad appeal and that I truly believe um, everybody can benefit from. And so for me, that makes it so much easier to do what I'm doing. So I don't know if that's advice (laughs) really, but- um maybe what i would say is like think about what you like you know what motivates you at work right like i'm not a dental expert i'm not passionate about dental i think people mistake that right like i'm passionate about fly fishing so i'm going to start a fly fishing business like that's not necessarily what it means to be motivated at work but i am passionate about creating something that helps people and you know feeling like like that's something that i can sell so those three things for me mm. really motivate me and so i think just being able to identify you know, the times when you're really loving work and really enjoying what you're doing, take money away, just like that, what you're doing in the moment, Um, figure out what it is that you like about that. And then, and then try to create a career based off of those, those motivating um, factors.
0: I love it, man. Well, listen, congrats on everything you've been able to create thus far. Congrats on your family. I'm glad to hear that everything is good. And it sounds like you know, while your company took a couple lumps here, you know, with unexpected circumstances with COVID and having to pivot, it sounds like you feel like, okay, well, we're still battling it, but but we're probably going to get through this. Okay. And, and to your point, you know, when you have a value proposition that makes sense, not everybody might buy, but at least, you know, you're probably not running into situations like, why, who would ever do that? It's like, you, you don't have that because the value proposition makes sense and may, people would want to do it. Whether companies do it right now or not is their prerogative, but uh, congrats on everything you've been able to create.
1: Yeah, thanks so much.
0: All right. Well, listen, thanks again for being here. All right, everybody. Let's wrap this one up right now. Remember, your intention matters. Why? Because I promise you that is the result that you will tend to get. We're out of here. We'll do it again next week. And of course, be safe, everybody.